0: Hey, welcome to the Indigenous Vision podcast. This is our 31st episode. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, or SoundCloud, we totally appreciate you. My name is Melissa.
1: Thank you, listeners. My name is Suta, and please put any questions, comments, or show ideas into the comment section. We would love to hear what you're thinking, because I I actually have a couple of friends who are like, I love driving because I get to catch up on Suta and Melissa, and I'm like,
0: like <gasps> people are
1: listening like, to us <laughs>
0: yes. you know the trick to not being nervous when you're doing something like this is I pretend that no one is listening like I, I really just pretend that it's like me and you just on a mic and it's just being recorded
1: right that, that's how that, I cope with it oh that slows my heart down a little bit because I definitely think about people when I'm talking and I'm like ooh see Corey would like it if I mentioned that and,
0: and like, wow you almost oh. think I'm so crazy
1: stay focused suta. I can't even imagine.
0: <laughs> what a train wreck.
1: Uh, no, this is amazing. So, um today on and off we're we're kind of piecing together a podcast today. We have Crystal Lightning and um Totally understandable. We we bring this podcast together over a couple of different time zones and states and now countries usually because of our guests and um, we had a little time mix up this morning, a little half over booking and uh, mommy schedules and we are definitely awesome and friendly to mommy schedules because I have one and it's a really tough decision like to uh, just as a mom to be like, oh, shoot, I, I do. I want to play with my baby right now, but I need to shower and get ready and look okay and not frazzled <laughs> for my <laughs> meeting. <day."
0: laughs> So, you're going to step out in just a few moments, and then Crystal's going to step in with me, and then you're going to step in again.
1: Yes. I have a quick presentation to do, which is one of my, um, we don't get to talk about it too much. We should, uh, we talk about mental uh, wellness, um, physical wellness, spiritual wellness, but a lot of that is anchored on our environmental wellness and the conditions of our immediate environment. And that's my forte. That's my, my specialty is is talking about environmental justice and how it impacts communities of color. And I do it from a watershed manager perspective and the tool I created using our maps. And so it's a fun thing. Cool. So just a quick talk. And I am actually talking about um, the Patuxent River and the Chesapeake Bay area. And I just put a new layer on the map that shows in real time, I've I've chosen to have my intervals refreshed every 10 minutes. So every 10 minutes on the Indigenous Vision website, you have access to a map that I think is created by the National Oceanic Survey people. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Noah. Um, but uh, they have gauges all over the bottom of the sea, and they test the oxygen levels at the bottom of the sea. And there's a huge dead zone right along the Salish coast into like down in the Yucatan Peninsula. It's just it's levels, dissolved oxygen levels on the sea floor below two, which is not able to support life. And so it's hard not to sound like a fearmonger when you look at these big pictures and you see our oceans unable to support life, not because of the amount of pollution in them or uh, spills from from pipelines, but because there is no oxygen to support life, mm. I can't
0: even begin to like, no pun intended, but dive deep into that. Yeah, right. I love water puns.
1: So it's just Sorry. please pun me. I couldn't, uh, couldn't help myself. Let's do a
0: deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: I don't know what's wrong with me today. Well,
0: I hate to waterboard that you with so all this. That was so serious, but I just I
1: know. couldn't keep it Let serious. Me keep it going. I hate to waterboard you with all of this seriousness of the <laughs> environmental justice movement, but <laughs> we're drowning, people. We're drowning. <laughs> Whoa. Waterboarding, <laughs>
0: that's pretty hardcore, Suta. <clears throat> wow, I had a really hard laugh there. Okay. <laughs> So you're speaking to a group today
1: about that. (laughs) Yes. And it's funny that you laugh because I actually, that's one of my most self-conscious moments in my serious talks. I do talks on environmental injustices and social injustices, and I let out the most inappropriate giggles at the worst times. And it's because my brain is doing like this safety mechanism thing of when I'm hit with hard information, it will give me a funny scenario or a sarcasm scenario and it's all kind of like like imagined in my head but you can't give a keynote speech and say something like uh environmental injustices are uh and the genocide of indigenous people has contributed to our ecosystems failing (laughs) right they'd be like why is this person laughing at herself (laughs) oh uh, that was yeah so that's not the exaction. no I've They're definitely really heard
0: you laugh like as so, as yeah. someone who has to edit the audio yeah I hear you laugh. <laughs> like I'll be like my heart will be sinking and then Suta throws in a giggle like it's we horrible. all cope with it different we all do I mean I get so deep and serious and sad and like it's kind of nice to hear a little chuckle here and there because I know yeah. it's not like a real you're not laughing at the at it you're just
1: <laughs> yep that's life I've got to laugh through it or cry <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: I have a friend who did that when we broke down on our car um, in, a, in a snowstorm in the middle of nowhere she was just giggling the whole time and I was like stop it
1: stop <laughs> it this is serious <laughs> oh my god we're gonna
0: die I look back now and can laugh but at the time it was so not funny
1: yeah yeah, it is like a trauma response that I've never actually like looked into, and it's probably least on my list of like things I need to heal and address or change. But yeah, <laughs> we'll, get there.
0: we'll uh, get there.
1: yes, yes, I've got a whole life in front of me. Um, but this—it's just you know—one of the part that I was laughing like sarcastically, mind blown at this morning is that when I start to add on all these different layers as a watershed manager who has this tool to look at cumulative impacts of different industries, you start adding on one layer and one layer. And it's no question why we don't have ecosystems that can support life because you cannot walk a mile. Like I used to say you can't drive 25 miles in any direction without running into some type of super fun level environmental contamination. But the more I'm adding to my map, especially with communities that I like customize it for, um, for presentations like this one coming up, and I get to do a deeper dive into their problems, water problems, it's there's no question to why these ecosystems can't support life. And, and we have to like, I try to put it into terms that they understand in their paradigm of thought that if we can't keep our ecosystem alive, then we don't have an economy because economies require clean water to grow anything you need clean water to grow animals or or plants you need clean water and it can't be contaminated and so yeah it's like the I, most
0: taken for granted element in the entire world is clean water
1: right And it wasn't an indigenous practice to use the bathroom or dispose of your waste in the water. And so as a watershed manager, I'm seeing all of these national pollution discharge permits or NIPDES permits. I map those. And those are permits that you can receive as an individual or a corporation to discharge pollution. And those pollutions are going into the water. And we, (sighs) In this country, the Indigenous people were here for thousands and thousands of years living in a pristine park-like environment because they had traditional ecological practices and they had strict hygiene practices that said where you can bathe and where you can't bathe and how to use the bathroom and where to use the bathroom. And none of that involved using the bathroom in the stream or the river.
0: I think about that a lot when I'm staring off into space, which is often is how we like maintained our
1: like, sewage yeah,
0: all those years ago yeah. in a clean for thousands of years without destroying anything. How did we do that?
1: Well, Western science is starting to like catch on. And in the last few decades, they've been really amping up the riparian management. So these are the buffer zones between activity and the river. And so for us as Indigenous people, I was told that we would have our bathroom spots away from the river, away from where it wouldn't drain into a spring or anything like that, because we have, like we walk down to the river and grab a a bladder bag full of water and so you're not going to go want to grab a bl- bag of water where you know that another teepee is using the bathroom there It's just it's, no. it's, it invites disease and illness and all of that. and so we had we were very up and up, and we were already utilizing the concept of riparian areas and buffer zones.
0: beautiful. that's good mm-hmm. to hear, good to hear. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have Crystal on the show in uh, just a few minutes, but um, what was your first interaction with Crystal? Like, how did you meet her or how did you hear of her? I just want to know just for reference.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it's been long. uh, I have a poster around here somewhere that she signed. It must have been in 2015, I think think because I had this idea remember the studio that I made at home yes And I wanted yes. to record there yes so I helped I got you upholster
0: a- the couches I helped yes. you up- upholster all those couches with like this white uh white sequined furry fabric that I still it have those be- couches anyways anyways
1: beautifully purple They're beautifully purple. Again, I love the purple. I was collecting posters that I was going to frame for artists that we work with or support or just, you know, love. And I wanted those in the studio. So I had her sign a poster. And it's the one with gold chains. And she said to Ivy Studios. um, But she wrote Ivy like poison Ivy instead of like I- (laughs) be
0: <laughs> right okay
1: and I was like oh and I didn't look at it until after I got home and I was like oh no it's the wrong ivy studios I did that was not the first time I met her I feel like I was at a show before that because I bought a pink scarf from them I always try to hit the merch table at any show I go to I think that's the best way to give gas money and get something awesome from the show
0: definitely and I think all bands should have a donation jar too, just for people to like throw in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've like seen people that. People do it now. Like mm. buy me, a like you're buy me a coffee. Yes. Thing. That
0: no exactly one like. throws any money into. Ah,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm going to buy you a coffee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, crystal lighting. <laughs> <a tea. laughs> <crystal lightning. laughs> yes, crystal lighting. And so then um, I saw that she was on American Pie. Which I was like, Oh my God, that's cool. She's a native actress and she's nice and she's accessible. Like I've had experiences with bands where that they were small and playing dive bars and then they got big. I don't want to say. Uh, the band's name because they're big now still but when they were at the dive bars they were super awesome and nice and like hey thanks guys for being here thanks for supporting us it's good to be in missoula again and then i went to their show like four years later when they got famous and they were staring angrily at the crowd like we bothered them and i'm like wow i think i've given you individually as a band like 500 or 600 dollars in t-shirts albums I think I bought every album, I bought multiple t-shirts, I bought the record, I bought how many show tickets, and um, you're looking at me like I stink, (laughs) or like you're looking at the crowd, like the, the bass player was just so mad. Anyway, she, Crystal Lightning, maintained her awesomeness, like she is awesome from like the dive bar scene all the way to the Grammy red carpet, like she's she's just been consistently awesome and I really have a lot of respect for that
0: she totally has been it's 100 percent true she's a real one as they say she's a real one
1: exactly yeah oh I needed a um, contractor for my life spa camp and I wanted to do it centered around female empowerment and because we we got a grant um, for empowering adolescent girls and so i chose um, foster care girls because they're most likely to end up as MMIWs and I wanted to surround them with aunties and grandmas and Crystal was a contractor for a like a a activity the workshop the they helped her and Henry helped the girls uh, write lyrics choose a beat and record it and then also in those those small days, find the confidence to like get behind the mic and the camera and be recorded, which is like an amazing feat through only three or four days. And so they had already had experience through a initiative that they do called healing through hip hop. And I was like, good match. Let's bring them in. And then they were at the second life spa, which, um, Kisa came early. And so we were we're now we're planning for 2022 life spa.
0: Yeah, she's really cool. I loved the experience of the first life spa that I got to go to. And to see the video afterwards that the whole team made was very well done. Very well done.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So Crystal Lightning is officially on the podcast today. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Where are you right now? Exactly.
2: I am in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, right above
0: town. Wow. wow. Yes. Suta and I know exactly who you are. Um, for people who are listening, though, who might not know, I mean, I, I was thinking about like the first time I was introduced to you, you were a DJ, but you've come like so far in like the 10 years that I first like met you. So wow. isn't that so crazy? Like yes, everything that you've done. It. So how would, how do you introduce yourself to people when they first meet you? Like, what's the, what do you go by first?
2: I just, I just say I'm Crystal and I I have my hand in a lot of different cookie jars. (laughs)
0: Totally. I like
2: to do a lot of stuff under the entertainment umbrella.
0: Yeah, definitely entertainer. So you started off as a DJ, which is how I was first introduced to you. Mm -hmm. DJ Crystal Lightning back in the day when I was working at a radio station called Streets FM, you popped in, you were doing an event and you were DJing. So... From 10 years ago when I first met you, what kind of like, I guess, propelled you into what you and Henry now do?
2: So, yeah, I started as a DJ, you know, working, uh, living in L.A. and being a, a, you know, a struggling artist. I had to figure out ways to pay rent. So I was bartending and I started DJing and um, I met Cloud at a photo shoot and he was like, hey, I heard that you're Canadian and that you DJ because I need a I need a Canadian DJ because my my DJ can't cross the border. <laughs> so I was like, oh cool. So then I became his DJ for uh, the first tour, and then uh, when we were on the road, sorry, I'm fanning myself because it's like it's like a hundred degrees here. We're in a heat wave, and I have no air conditioning. We were we were in Thunder Bay, Ontario. We went like on a two week run. It was it was a blast. I was in the back seat. I was rapping something. And uh, he turns around and he goes, Crystal, you sound really good. I want you to be on a hook on one of my songs when we get back to LA. So we got back to LA and I, and I recorded a hook for him and people really dug our, our uh, chemistry together. So then we recorded another song and another song and uh, that's how we became lightning cloud. And then we just started uh, listening to our supporters. They wanted more music. So I didn't know that I could rap until I tried it and then people (laughs) liked it. So I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) So that's how music started. And I've always been an actress, you know, but it's, it's, it's a tough biz. It really is. You gotta, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of rejection, uh, a lot of grind. I mean, I was always in class just working at my craft. So I, I found other outlets, creative outlets to, um, you know, to dive into and music was one of them. And, uh, yeah. So then, you know, continue to do that and still living in LA. And then, uh, we were like, Hey, we've been together eight years. Why don't we have a baby? Like, are we going to have a baby? (laughs) Like, sure. Why not? So I got pregnant. And then um on our on our green chili tour in the southwest, I was like seven and a half months pregnant, like on stage, you know, just going at it. So much fun. And so our last show was in was in Edmonton at the casino. So I'm on stage and all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, my water breaks on stage. <gasps> Five oh. and a half weeks early. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not like, you know. It's not like, I just thought I peed my pants. I was like, what's happening here? So I went to the hospital. I ended up having my son six, almost six weeks early. And while I'm in the hospital, I get a call from my agent because I had to stay in the NICU for 21 days because he was really small because he was, he was early, right? Totally healthy, but just really small. And uh, my agent says, Hey, remember that thing that you read for like five months ago? Well, they want to see you again. And the director's oh. going to be in Edmonton. And I was like, but I'm in the hospital. So I talked to my nurses and they were like, oh, we got it. Go ahead. But remember, I'm on tour. So all I have is like pregnant, like show clothes, like big sequin jerseys. And, you know, so I went to Value Village and I bought like this, you know, $10 outfit, went to the callback, met the director. And uh, I ended up booking Trickster while I was in the hospital you know, went on set with a three month old baby and made it work and nursed in between, you know, shots. And that's when my life really, uh, that was, that was the beginning of the next chapter of my life. You know, I finally working so hard in this industry, the acting um, business, and I finally booked my dream role. And then that's when things just started rolling. And I always thought I was always so scared, like, oh, if I have a child, like my career, you know, and then once I said, you know, screw it, let's do it. It's like my universe opened. It's crazy. Wow, Amazing. What a
0: crazy story. I know. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That you like, first of all, I had no idea that you were even a uh, red clouds DJ in the beginning.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't
0: know that.
2: And I was like, Hey, you know, I knew that he kind of liked me and I was scared to date musician like I didn't want to date a musician. So I was fighting in the beginning.
0: Same. You know what I mean? It's like my my mom.
2: Yes. My mom dated musicians and I was like, no, no, no. And so he ended up getting, I'm not going to take care of him. You know, I already know how it, how it goes down. (laughs) So he got an apartment a block away from me for seven months, just so I could see that, like he could pay rent and he did. (laughs) did. (laughs) So then I was like, okay, let's, let's move in. And you know, I think I'm falling for you. And it it just, yeah, we, we, we just fell in love like right away, but I was, I was still scared because of just, you know, dating another, uh, dating an artist is, is tough. I wouldn't have it any other way now. It's just, it's incredible. 10 years later
0: awesome to watch you guys. I mean, just to think of the journey you've been on and like, if anybody's watching you on social media over the years, you can just see that your love is just carried on and expanded. And it's so inspirational to take in, especially in our community where there's yeah. so much dysfunction and so, so much trauma bonding going on. Yeah, um, It's really cool to see like a couple living their life authentically and just doing whatever they want while still maintaining like a solid Love bond,
2: yeah, it's true. It can happen. It really, <laughs> you can? Know, I had a, yeah, I had a lot of barriers in the beginning, and because um, I was scared. Like, and then after, I just, I just dove in, and I said, you know, what better time than just to trust? Like, if he, if I get my heart broken, it is what it is. But he was the same, you know. So we just kind of like fit you know, I probably had some daddy issues. He had some mommy issues. So we kind of like (laughs) made the puzzle work. It was like, perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people think that they have to be like perfectly healed and perfectly this in order to move into a relationship. Yeah. That's what people, a lot of people think that.
2: I'm here to prove you wrong. (laughs) And you can work together. You really, you can, you can work together and be in a relationship, you know, the boundaries and all that other stuff, but yeah, it's possible for sure.
0: I love it. So you did music. Then the acting kind of just took off as soon as you gave birth, which is so crazy. That really is like the universe kind of just stepping in being like, it's time for you to like live your truth. Now that you're, you, you wanted it and it came, it arrived. Yeah, You you opened up to receive it.
2: Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. It's almost like I, once I just surrendered and said, I'm look, let's, I'm sick of like, trying to plan and like, Oh, uh, but what if I book a job and then I'm pregnant or what if, you know, so I was just so just worried. Once I just said, like I said, just, just let it go and, and surrendered. That's when everything like literally fell into place. And I was like, gifted all of these amazing things, you know, I'm so grateful.
0: It's awesome to watch. So before Suta jumps on, I just wanted to go back to Lightning Cloud. It's been like a, a few minutes since you've uh, released anything new, but you have been doing the Green Chili Tours up until the pandemic, unfortunately. But yeah. is there anything new coming or have you even thought about that? Are you just way too busy right now? No,
2: actually, um, now that things have
0: slowed down a little bit, um, I actually
2: have some solo music coming out. Um <laughs> Cloud and I, yeah, Cloud and I have a a, a few collabs that we're doing, like guest verses on a few of our friends' albums and stuff like that. Um, And we still, you know, we have a show next week coming up a Lightning Cloud show where I'll do uh, some, some of my solo stuff. He'll do a freestyle or whatever he does. And then we'll do our, like, a couple of our hits together. So that's what we do for like, you know, when we get booked as lightning cloud. Uh, so we still perform together. We love it. But he was like, you know what, babe, why don't you do some solo music? And, you know, I put out a few records and it's just fun. I love it. So I got a music video dropping next Friday. It's called I'm the one. And oh I shot gosh. it at Red... Yeah. Is that what, yeah,
0: the, is that what oh your my... Instagram posts were about? I saw you posting like these crazy shots and videos. And I'm like, what is this for? Is that yeah. what it was for?
2: Yes. Yes. Wow. But like in the swing and the red boots and the, the low rider bike. Oh yeah. So much fun. I love it. And, and again, that's, I do that for fun. I, I don't do that for clout or anything else. That is just another, you know, a, like creative uh, outlet that I just, I just want to have fun doing. So that's dropping next Friday. Um, and I got another one that I'm working on. So, and I, um, you know, I'm going to LA next month and I'm working with this girl named cash and uh, we're doing a collab together uh, called Lady Song or Lady Bird. Sorry. So that'll be cool, too. So, yeah, just having fun and creating. Now that we're kind of free, we're kind of like jumping back into the into normalcy <laughs> a little
0: bit. Yeah. How are you adjusting to like reintegrating into the world? Are you like embracing it? Or are you kind of like resisting a bit? I am embracing it. Let me tell you something. I you can literally
2: I am the real pandemic or quarantine queen. I have quarantined more than anyone, I, I think, for real. Like, because I, the last four months I've been working. So, you know, I shot in Nova Scotia and I had to quarantine for two weeks there. Then they went into a lockdown once I was, like two weeks before you're cleared to work. Once I was cleared to work, they, they shut down again. So another 10 days of quarantine before I w- I was only working seven days. So I had to quarantine for almost 20 days before I could even work. And then I just worked in North Carolina last uh, week, And I had to come back to Toronto and do the government quarantine hotel thing. And I'm still technically in quarantine now because you have to do like, I, I have quarantined so much. It's just not. So I'm just like, woo, let's fly. I can't even (laughs) imagine. Yeah. I'm so happy that the travel restrictions are are chilling out
0: a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to come back to Canada, but I don't want to quarantine. So I'm kind of waiting until that goes away. It's annoying. Yeah. They call you every day and
2: it's just, yeah.
0: just wait a little bit. Yeah. Actually check up on you. I was wondering about that. I'm like, I wonder if I could like just kind of sneak by. They check on you, but you know, leave your phone at home. (laughs) (laughs) What can you tell me about this new single?
2: Uh, This new single is called I'm the one, you know, it's a lot different from my last record I did, which was called riot, which um, I was in a different headspace that I dropped in November the day of the elections, and um, this is more like braggadocio. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm woke up feeling like I'm the one, you know, confidence. I want my young sisters to, to, to have confidence in themselves and to, to walk with pride. And it's okay to feel yourself every once in a while. You know what I mean? It's all good. And so that's what this song is. It's fun. Um, I got some, you know, some of my friends in there. Yeah. That's it. I shot it at red room studios here in Edmonton. I found this dope studio here and uh recording studio. And, you know, he shoots his videos there and he's amazing birdie shout out to birdie. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to drop that next week. It's available everywhere. Spotify, you know, iTunes, all that good stuff.
0: How have you been collaborating during the pandemic? I saw you on a couple arts and tracks and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Shout out yeah. To
2: yeah. So arts and, and, uh, uh, Cloud, myself and PJ Vegas did a a, a record called Brown Fist Emoji. And this was when we were still living in L.A. So this was uh, almost two years ago. We actually shot the video for It's Like That. And I shot my parts in North Bay, Ontario when I was shooting Trickster. So if you watch the video, you could tell like I'm not in any shots with them. But the way it's edited, it's just like flawless. But yeah, we were on about six tracks on the Brown Fist emoji album. and and the vibe of that, he wanted it to be very West Coast throwback kind of feel. I think he came across like that. Well, that was a fun fun project to work on. Alan uh, Artson is a very talented, talented artist, and so is PJ. So it was an honor to be to work with those dudes. And so uh, Cash, the girl that I'm collaborating with next month, is Artson's wife. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of cool, Carla. That's
0: super cool. Yeah. So how did you like form this partnership with Bloodline Beauty? How did this all come about?
2: Bloodline Beauty is was created by uh, a really good friend of mine, Deanne Van Winkle, an Idaho girl. She lives in um, Vegas and we've been friends for a long time. And I've always admired her hustle. She's, you know, she started everything on her own. This girl works. I just really liked what she was doing. She hit me up. She's like, do you want to do a collab your own lashes? Um, we put it together and we, we talked about, you know, names and, you know, all the formula stuff and what kind of lashes do you want? Do you want them this, Do you want them that, like, it was so much fun. That's how we just talked about it and made it happen. And I'm just, it's going great. It's going great.
0: Yeah. It's so inspiring. As someone who loves, loves makeup, I've always kind of wanted to do my own brand as well. So to see- You should! Yeah. Seeing like, you know, native girls out there doing it, it's so inspiring. I mean, we've had Prados Beauty on the show. I would love to have Bloodline on the show. And then we've had you on the show. And uh, these lashes are unreal. Unreal.
2: I'm so glad. I'm so glad you like them. Yeah. They are. the packaging. Yeah, she really, this is Deanne, like, she really did it. Like, she was like, what do you want? I said, I want my name in old English, but I want the colors to be kind of like, because that's like who I, I I got, you know, I'm sweet with a bite. <laughs> so I think, I think they're perfect. I think she did a perfect job. So shout out to Deanne once again. Suda's
1: here. Hey, Suda. I'm back. I just had to give a quick <laughs> environmental justice lecture to a group of high school students. Now I'm back. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. It's fun. I get to use my map. It's slowly catching on. I think we have about 1,200 views the month on that. And so, but it should be picking up because it's, as far as I know, as a watershed manager, it's the only tool that we have to like visualize the cumulative impacts.
2: Right. Awesome, yeah. dude. That's yeah. great. The scientist has entered the
1: chat, but I did <laughs> in right at the right time because I love the lashes. I was telling Melissa that they're um, they're big, like the biggest lashes I've ever worn, but they're light <laughs> and fluffy. And yeah, yeah, I I have like this weird thing where I can't wear headbands or the headphones too long, and I can tell when there's weight on my lashes and my lids, and it'll get like fatigued after a while. Has yeah. anyone else ever had heavy lashes? Yes,
2: absolutely. And they're heavy when the band is heavy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you
0: like. (laughs) I love them. Yeah. I had to buy two pairs because I just knew I was like, those are big. Like I need big. And I was like, yeah, because I will wear them out.
2: Yes, girl. Thanks for the love. I appreciate that.
0: So we were just talking about how she started out as, uh, you know, DJing with for, with Red Cloud, then Lightning Cloud formed, and then, you know, they fell in love, and it was this crazy story, and then they had a baby, and then Trickster blew up. So that's kind of where we're at, Suta, right now. So maybe you want to... <laughs>
1: Jump I feel in. guilty. I feel guilty for getting you pregnant. <laughs> uh, remember <laughs> at camp? Remember at camp? I, You said, I really want a baby too. And I gave you a little blue believe with a little feather. I even, it's a little boy feather. And I'm like, just believe it'll happen. <laughs> well, thank you, Suta. <laughs> <laughs> That's right not you my- <laughs> I jinxed you, right? I jinxed myself um, in having a baby because I uh, went to a Cubs game and I went to the booth and I saw this little tiny baseball hat. That was just the cutest thing ever. And I was like, I'm going to buy this. And I wasn't pregnant, wasn't planning on being pregnant, but I think it was four months later. Boom. boom. Yeah. It was the hat. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Cool.
2: Well, since we're talking about children,
0: like how do you balance it all? Like being a mom and everything. Like I can't even imagine.
2: Great question. I, you know, you just do. You just, you just, I have to say, I am, I am so blessed in having an amazing, amazing support system. I couldn't do, I couldn't do what I do without my husband, Cloud, without my mother. Like when I'm out of town, they take care of him, you know? So that's like, that's huge. I, I shout out to single mothers because wow, it's a lot of work. And you know, I, only I only have one and it's it's a lot of a lot of work. It's a lot of your attention. I mean, it's it's your world basically. But you still you got to work, and yeah. you still have to be happy and chase your dreams. And so you just make it happen. You know, now he just started preschool. Um, he's two, like a little early learning, so that helps three days a week. You know, so I can get my stuff done and and things that I've been putting off for a little while. Uh, I can I can work on that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's all support. So it's it's cloud. Yeah, it really is. Fast.
1: It yeah. really is. Same here yeah. is I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if Tyler wasn't out watching Onan right now. And yeah. so it's just and I don't want to do um, daycare just yet in the pandemic yeah. right now. Like preschool, a preschool, I think I would be safer with because but the, yeah, like the drop in daycares where babies. <laughs> no, I get it.
2: I totally get it. Yep. you just you just you just make it work. And um, like right now, you know, Cook comes upstairs watching Kesick, and, and it's working out.
1: See, I thought the background behind you was black for the longest time, but it looks blue. Oh, it's blue. Yeah. This is
2: my it's lady blue. cave. I love it. Oh,
1: thanks. This is where I shoot my auditions
2: and, you know, got my, my stuff's in here and my pink chair. Oh,
0: that's great. <laughs> you know, you have I a yeah. lady cave. That's freaking dope. <laughs> Down
2: in the basement. This is my this is my spot. Yep.
1: Mine's in a pool (laughs) trailer. I I bought a cargo trailer for a couple thousand dollars and then spent about the same fixing it up like a home inside. It's kind of like a tiny home. Yeah. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. You got to have your own creative space at wherever it is. Garage. Mm -hmm. Who cares? You know, Mm -hmm. it's your place to go and and chill out, get creative, write, whatever, you know, sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With my son, I call it spa time. Mommy's doing yeah. spa time now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gets nice. That. He gets
0: that. Do you have any questions, Suta? Remember, this is all edited, so.
1: No. Yeah, how, like, what are plans that you can talk about? Like, you've just been slaying. And I was going to uh, just stop and, like, ask everybody to bask in the glory of this female gathering right here like I just I was thinking about it yesterday and I'm like oh my god I'm so blessed Melissa is like she's got her own record label and she's just doing it she's killing it and Crystal is like this award-winning actress now I'm just like oh yes and then I'm like hold on I started an organization (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're like a genius we're good and then I was like wow this is just a killer and then Melissa reminded me that Our guests are just like high powered, just women who are just amazing, like yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and we talked about children and keeping it all together, but you have like, just in, since we last spoke, which was for, oh, it feels like last year, but it was 2000, 2019 life spa from since then you've, you got the gig. You acted. You won an award for acting. You um, secured another gig. I saw you just got done filming. It's amazing, like to watch your career just blow up like that. And thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been
2: incredible. It's it's just acting is my passion. You know, um, performing is my passion. So, like I was I uh, was telling Melissa, you know, everything that I've done in my life, it's under the umbrella of entertainment performing. You know, I love doing music. But acting is just my my love, right? So to finally get validated as an actress and to get my dream role was just like so incredible. And yeah, I just got off uh, a show called uh, Digstown, and so I'm in season three of that, which will be airing in in a couple weeks. I'm in four episodes of that. Brendan Oaks plays my my husband, and it's a uh, it's a female powered driven show as well, female lawyer who takes on cases that are, you know, normally other people wouldn't take on. And I play a sassy wife. So that's pretty cool. And I have another gig. I'm attached to this new series that is being shopped around to major networks right now. And so that'll be shooting in 2022. And that'll be that'll be massive. So I can't wait to like, (laughs) tell you guys about that once it gets, you know, once everything's solidified. So, yeah. And then, you know, just I, I, I recently went to North Carolina last actually last week and I worked on this really cool um, indie short called Stripper. It's not what you think. And it's it's so amazing to work with young indigenous up and coming, passionate, fiery filmmakers. I was so blessed that I was able to do that. I, th- I feel like you, you have to give back as well and support them. Like if you don't, who will? So uh, and that'll be going around in the film festival circuit, um, written and directed by Anthony Sneed, who is a Cherokee filmmaker, lives in Brooklyn, New York. And so that was a blast to work on, you know, Um, and I got to go to the state, you know, I got to go to North Carolina, which was fun. And just the quarantine thing is a little off, but whatever. Past that. So, yeah, all good stuff. You know, Dark Horse is the is the series that's being shopped around right now. I'm attached as the lead. So that's another like amazing blessing, which is like, oh, and (laughs) this is so rad. So uh, next week I'm going to Toronto to pick up my award. So weird saying the Academy, the Academy emailed me, the CSAs, you know, and they said, uh, we feel so bad that the pandemic took out the celebration and that we weren't able to like get dressed up. We weren't able to like, we had, it was at home, right? So they said, um, we're having a photo shoot with like one of the most amazing uh, celebrity photographers in Toronto. And, uh, we want to have a photo shoot with you with your award and to pick it up. So that'll be cool. I get to pick up my award. Oh my God. I oh can't believe God. it sometime. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Wow.
1: No, still, I don't. Still. <laughs> I just screamed. You couldn't hear. I was on mute. Um, (laughs) I got chills because my next question was like, I'm like a forward planner and I'm already like thinking about the looks that you'll have on the carpet. I can't,
2: I, I, I know I'm like, which way do I go here?
0: (laughs) That must be so hard to choose. I mean, like, especially with this iconic shoot coming up, I can't even imagine where to begin, you know?
2: Woo! I'm so excited. I don't know again, like what way do I go here? You know? There's so many different ways to go.
0: What um, was the trickster experience? Like, I mean, we kind of watched it, especially like being friends with other people who are working on the set. I loved trickster. I watched the whole thing you. and it was like, you thank you so, so much. Good. Thank you. Did you watch the CW
2: version? Yeah. Yeah. The States. yeah. So yeah, there, the States. It's, it's, it's interesting when you watch the CW version versus the CBC version, they're very different. Like the CW was a little bit censored. So if you ever get a chance to watch the uncensored version, it's, 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 it has a little more kick, but yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like the CW they blurbed out like this, the cuss words and there was a few scenes taken out, but still you got the feel of it and the story. It was, it was an incredible show to work on. Like, just, like I said, just to play a, multi-dimensional character like Maggie, who has so many different layers going on and so many different things happening in her mind and in her world and also being a loving mother, but doesn't know how to show it. Mental illness, substance. I mean, it was like, as an actress, it was a dream role to play. I always felt like I wanted to prove myself, you know? Like, I want to show you that I can do this. I'm not just the way I look or whatever. I always got these little, you know, roles that were like, eh. I wanted some meat, you know? I wanted a nice, fat meal, and that's what I got. I just dug into it, and it was it was amazing. Um, I loved my cast. Like, everyone that I worked with was just really supportive on the supporting acting side. Little Baby Joel was amazing, and that was, like, his second gig, and I feel like he killed it. He was just the best film son ever. Yeah, Kalani, Great Wade. I mean, everyone on the show, the, the, the crew was amazing, too. I mean, just everyone around you. It was, it was, it was
0: great working with your mom too. That was so great to see.
2: Oh God. I can't, I know. And it's funny because when she was auditioning for this, I said, mom, you're my favorite actress. You're amazing, but there's no way you're going to get this because you look too young. And she's like, I'm going to paint my hair gray. And <laughs> you know, she's, she's so, she's so incredible. So yeah. And she ended up, she ended up getting it.
1: Oh, I was just amazed because I was like, oh my God, uh, Crystal and Georgia are auntie and grandma to a life spa someday. I just love it. Ah! <laughs> oh, 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 another thing. My son Kisik was in, was
2: in the first episode as well. So that was like amazing too when I grabbed the baby that was oh, really that was him, him? Oh my yeah
1: God. Oh, yeah because wow. they
2: had a baby that, and I guess the baby didn't you know didn't make it so I said you know I have a three-month-old in my trailer <laughs> that's <laughs> tiny he's six pounds they're like oh yeah you know so we had to like you know put the little makeup on his little he's tiny he's tiny <gasps> so
1: yeah, um, that, that really when
2: I grabbed the baby, that was real. I was not acting. I was like, "You better give me my baby." <laughs>
1: <sighs> wow. bear
2: came out.
1: No, oh, that's yeah. amazing acting, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Wow," because I have a hor a funny horrible experience. Um, me and my friends from high school when we were like. 13 or 14, decided to make a series called Killer in the Basement. And I am a horrible actress. I said, oh, before I needed to die. And um, it was just really bad. Like, my friend was like, vroom, vroom. there's a there's a chainsaw coming towards me. And I'm like, oh, oh, Ah! <laughs> And it's, so what advice, what advice do you have? Um, Because I would love to act, um, That's cute. I think the time has passed. um, But for young girls, like our life spot girls getting into acting, what would you advise? The first thing is join, like
2: when you're at school, join a theater class, taking acting class, join, join theater, look up on YouTube. They have online classes, You know, raise your hand in class, like get those like you know, jitters out. Yeah, I would say just join an acting class first and foremost. Start building that those tools, you know, and then second step would be um start filming, you know, little uh things with your friends on your iPhone, you know, start memorizing monologues and you know, doing scenes from your favorite movies and taping, watching yourself. You know, it's different when you watch yourself. Like it's hard for me to watch myself, but then you know, okay. I blink a lot. I have a nervous thing. Okay. I need to chill that out. Or you can see your little, your little nervous ticks that you have and um, study, study the actresses that you admire and that you like. What did they do? What was their journey?
0: I was nervous for a whole year on radio. My first year,
2: <laughs> it took a year to get over it. You see, and you're like, you have the most amazing radio voice ever. And you oh, sound you. like you just are exude, co- you exude confidence and you just have that, that thing, you know, but again, you had to start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, I do still you get still nervous. Get, you do. I was just going to ask you, do you still get nervous? Absolutely. When, when you're doing a, a, an intense scene, there's a lot of pressure, you know, especially if you have to get emotional, there's a lot of pressure. There's a hundred people watching you. You've done the scene five times and it has to be authentic. Every time it has to come from a real place. You have to dig into your file of emotions and go get, get into some dark places sometimes. And it's like, you know, it could be heavy, but then we're like, okay, well, that's what, that's what we're here for. These people believe that I can do this and that's why I got hired. So bring it, you know, and, and I love the pressure. It, It actually helps me. But yeah, I still get nervous. I feel like if you stop getting nervous and you stop getting those butterflies, it's like the excitement.
0: You, you yeah. I like that. I love the yeah. thrill too of like being on the radio and like talking crazy. And yeah. Talk I just love, I don't call it performing, but I just love expressing myself. I really yes. do. Yes. And you definitely,
2: I feel, I, I get who you are. You're Thank very you. good at that, expressing yourself. Yeah, I get it through your music and your your whole aura, your vibe, everything. It's like, okay, I
0: get Melissa. Cool. Mm -hmm. That means a lot. Mm
1: -hmm. Melissa does this really great thing that I'm trying to work on too, because when I listen back to us, I can tell she's smiling. She sounds like she's smiling.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that cool? (laughs) It's true. Smile when you speak. That's what I was taught. Just, it sounds really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that pointer.
0: (laughs) So, We always ask, we want to take up too much of your time. It's been like 45 minutes, but we always ask people um, on the show, because we go through a lot as Indigenous people, as Indigenous women. We've got a lot of heavy stuff, especially like these past couple months. How do you stay focused and how do you stay positive with everything that we have to deal with?
2: How do I stay positive? I just think I want to be, I want to break these cycles. Like you said, there's so much, uh, trauma and and tragedy that's been going on the last few months. Well, for a long time, but more so within the last few months, people need, like I have people that I look up to. And now that I'm getting older and that I have a voice, I feel like I have a responsibility to, you know, to shed light on certain things and to show like that I'm okay, but I still have it. I still go through hard times too, like being real. I continue working on my craft I try to be, I try to stay positive. I have my bad days. You know, um, my son helps a lot. You know, I have to be a good mama. I feel like we have a responsibility um, when we have a voice, when we have a following, we got to
1: stay on top of things. (laughs) Right. What we were going into is like mental wellness and uh, mental strength. We talk a lot about that on this show because of the lives that we live as Indigenous women is the mental dexterity that we have to have to to show up and to to be the best version of ourselves that we could possibly be while we break those cycles because it doesn't happen if we don't talk about it and we're not actively doing it consciously.
2: Yeah, what I do for wellness is honestly nothing. I don't do any, I, when I, when I need to chill, I just chill. I sit down, I have a bath. I don't think mental wellness is just like having the bath, going to the spa, maybe for some people. But for me, I just need to like shut my brain off, have some food, chill out with myself and just regroup, you know, think about what's the next step here and just do nothing. That's how, that's what I do. I eat right. I eat healthy. That is big. I'm back in the gym now, which I feel so good. I took like a year and a half off, like, you know, after I had key sick, the pandemic was just, you know, we were all stuck in our houses and that was tough, but we, like, I created this creative space for myself where I can come and I feel good in here and I can read and work, you know, read the books that I want to read self-help. And I I'm huge on self-help books. I love self-help books. You know, they do help me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Us (laughs) Um, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. Like that's that that's what I would say is the biggest thing for me. Is I when I just need some time, I want to you know feed my brain a little bit, relax and cuddle, <laughs>
1: right? Have a little Another makeout
2: session, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm back to normal.
1: <laughs> All the good things. Yeah, life can be heavy, and you just have to pause and take a break and and reset and rebalance. I think. Yeah,
2: and and one of my things is I'm an, I'm an overthinker. So when I know that I start to get into that, like when I start revving myself up and I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, I can tell that I'm starting to go to the dark side. So turn everything off, turn your phone off again, chill with myself and just regroup. Beautiful.
1: That's I think what we're really that what the show is turning into is like confronting our own Dysfunctions that we might have inherited or that we've adopted somewhere along the way and how to get rid of those behaviors that are just not serving us in the best form of who we want to be. So
2: absolutely. I think therapy is is so amazing too. I mean, there's certain things that I have been carrying with me from childhood, or maybe not having a a dad in my life or a a male figure in my life to show me love. So then I took all of those and Continued bringing those into my relationships. So, and I don't want to do that, you know? So I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm making every man in my life pay for my dad's absence or whatever it was. So I went to, I started going to therapy and best thing ever did. It's, it's so therapy, finding, finding a good one too, who, who really you feel comfortable with and who knows you um, after a while and really starts to help you change into the woman that you want to be is just, well worth every single
0: dollar.
1: Absolutely. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's a big right, one. Right. Yes.
0: I've yet to try therapy. I'm so resistant to it. I'm like, yeah. how can I possibly find someone that I can relate to or who can relate to me? You know, yeah. that's my biggest hang up about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the beginning steps like, okay, tell me about your life and your, that's the hard part to get through. And you, I think, you know, the first couple sessions, like if this person's going to mesh with you or not, and that's okay.
1: Amazing. Really
2: something I want to, I want to start getting more into is, is, um, influence on young girls, because now that I'm back here in Edmonton, I've, you know, I grew up in LA my whole life. So now that I'm back, I mean, I moved to LA when I was like seven or seven or eight. You know, so now that I'm back here and the reason why I am staying here, because in the acting business, you can be I can be anywhere now because I put myself on tape and then you fly to where you need to work. Just for my son being grounded in, in culture and because Cloud works here now with the nation, this is where I need to be. I really feel like the universe is showing me like this is where you need to be because my influence, it can make a difference here, especially with with the, the young girls, the youth. I want to help them. You know, when you go on the res and you see that they can't even look you in the eye, they can't like, there's so much like this. I want to help them be like, come on, like Mm -hmm. help build you back up, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and that all stems again from the transgenerational stuff, shame and, and not, you know, feeling confidence and all that other stuff. So that's kind of where I want to go into next. That's so my personal stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, I love the lashes and the start with the domestic violence contribution because that's so needed. And I know that when we get mothers out of those situations, we also get daughters out of those uncomfortable situations.
2: Absolutely. We didn't even think of that until, oh yeah, we we sold out of the first batch. What should we do with this cut? You know what? Why don't we donate it? Oh God, we have to donate it. Of course. (laughs) We're so fortunate that we get to do things like this. And I mean, I, I I have my name on lashes like that's amazing, you know, and I'm something that I've always wanted. So, yeah, I have to give back. I want to help these girls that are trying to transition into into getting their stuff back together and who are escaping domestic violence and or addiction or whatever else. So this this place that we're donating to, it's it's a transition place where they go and they, they get settled and ready for their next uh, step in life. So.
1: Amazing. Yeah, and we have awesome. so many foster girls aging out of the system, being homeless, and then becoming MMIWs as exactly. well. And that's why we work with the foster girls. Yeah. But I have I have a TP ring project because I just realized like, duh, your people are TP ring people too. Yeah. And my map covers a lot of Cree territory in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Right now we're working with the Historical Act, the Prime Minister, her name's Leah Ahir, I think and she's the Prime Minister of Women and Multiculturalism. We found one of my elders on this Blackfoot Map project, her name's Rebecca Many Gray Horses, goes out to the sites for me, takes pictures, like records access challenges. And there's these teepee rings that are located in the Edgemont development in Lethbridge. And the homeowner ran out and chased her away and yelled at her, and so, Right now we're in talks with the prime minister or the prime the minister of of multiculturalism of okay, so if these are registered on the historic act registry, how do we access them? Because I called the Edmont developer and he said, Oh, natives from a long, long time ago used to use come down and use those rings and do some kind of ceremony in them. And I'm like, hold on, Minister of Multiculturalism and Women, those teepee rings were put down by a Blackfoot woman, my right. grandmother. And you, you can't have mm. a teepee ring down without a woman there. Right. And what I'm telling her is that from an environmental perspective, we have to know where our camps were and what we were eating. That's climate adaptation for like 10,000 right. years. And so now we're in this talk of, of switching emails between me and her and this elder of how do we access these sites that are already in the register when we're considered historical long, long ago practices, but we want to take a group of girls out and have a pipe ceremony. Mm. Oh, amazing. And so, and that for me is building up their confidence in the same way of like yeah. cementing it to the land is this is how powerful you are. Cause your mm-hmm. grandmothers put this teepee down mm-hmm. in the 14, 1300s and it's, still here. And they lived here and they did this and they conducted life like this. Here's a grant that, that's my auntie and grandma concept. Here's a grandma telling you all this information. Um, so that it's yours now. Right? Yeah.
2: And to preserve
1: it and to keep it
2: going so that it doesn't die out, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that was whole part of the whole residential school uh, thing too, is just cutting all of all of the culture out all of the traditions out so the fact that you're still carrying on those and and implementing that that into these young girls and you know giving them ceremony i mean and they're you know being troubled i mean that can change their life their direction forever so that's Mm -hmm. amazing definitely something i want to be part of you know and learn more about myself because i grew up in the city so it's hard for like, I I'm so hungry for that. I'm so I'm starved for that, for, for the culture and relearning Cree, you know, learning Cree again, and I want to teach my son Cree and going to ceremony and, you know, all of that, all of that good stuff that we have, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. need to save it, you know, cause it's just dying out.
1: Absolutely. And in every hard time in my life, I've, actually gone back to a story or I go to the land or a river and I think about the stories that elders have told me and that's what makes me strong like I can get through it because I have all of these historical stories of struggle and then triumph and balance coming from the struggle and so that when I'm in my hard times and dark spots like I realize that that's just part of the growth and that's the growth that's pain for something better to come about.
2: Oh, for sure. When you're going through a hard time, it's it's like my mom said, she always used to say when you're in, when you're in that place, just things are about to go back up. And when things are amazing, milk them because they're about to go back down. That's just the way life is, you know? So it's just not getting stuck there. You just know, okay, this is going to pass. Everything passes,
1: everything. And it always works out for the better. It always does. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. or works out the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, it's
2: so funny. Cause I told cloud the other day, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was in one of my, you know, things. And I said, I just feel like I'm, I'm a little scared because things are going so well. You know, I got gigs lined up and things are like happening and uh, all my dreams are coming true. And I feel like something's about to happen. Like he goes, no, you've worked your whole life now you're getting, I don't want to say rewarded, but it's finally happened. Like they're coming back, you know? So it's not, you know, cause I have that whole thing in my head where things are great. Then now something bad has to happen or things are bad. Now something, you know, and he's like, no, it's like, it was, it was hard my whole career. And so you're finally reaping the benefits, I guess. He's like, just, just accept
0: it. And quit having negative (laughs)
2: thinking. I am just like feeling scared for a minute, you know? Yeah. Your stamina,
0: your stamina is exceptional just to, to keep going and going and going. It's, I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is to continue your passion, you know, year after year. It's, it's difficult. I mean, as someone who's doing it on by myself and not really getting paid for it, just yet, I still keep pushing because I know that there's going to be a light one day where it's like,
2: yeah, Bing. It and, and it will. It's it's so true. It's so true. There was so many times I was like, man, can I get a can I get a bone? Can I get a break? Anything like working in class, bartending three different bars, DJing, you know, till four in the morning, going to this audition, going to that audition, always getting so close, like callback and callback and callback, and never booking it, you know, seeing the billboards, like of, you know, one of them, one of the classic stories is um. Is, is Twilight. I had like three callbacks and three calls, and I was like, this is it. This is it. I'm finally gonna get a, a, a gig, you know, that's legit and that's like a big gig. This will change my life. Went to the callback, went to the callback, and I thought I had it for sure. And then a few days later, my agent calls me because they went the other way. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm quitting this. Business. I can't handle it anymore. The rejection and always getting like, here's a piece of stick, you know, here's some food. Are you hungry? Nope. Like, always like that. You know, I was like, no, I can't, I got to keep going. I got to keep going 10 years, 11 years later. It took that, you know, it took, I've been doing this since I was nine, nine years old. It just, I just, you just have to keep believing. And if it's not meant you'll know, it's like, okay, my path, I want to take this path now. You know, something else is calling out to me. I think you, I think you do. I think you feel like, all right, I want to do this now. The universe tells you, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Let's have a baby. And then boom, here you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just believe, just believe. Yeah. And yeah. And so I guess that what that breaks down to is success takes a lot of failure and yep. rejection mm-hmm. and massive celebrating of the small wins.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And in, in those,
2: in those failures, there's, there's always lessons there. You know, there's always lessons, I feel like. And now I see hindsight. I'm like, oh, that's why I wasn't supposed to do that movie. Because I wouldn't have met Cloud. And I would not be here right now. If I would have booked this job or that job, I wouldn't be sitting here today. So it's like, it's all good. It's all happening. And Once you you, um, sit into that and you're like, okay, everything's happening just the way it should. It's like this big weight is lifted off of you. You know, I love the saying somebody out there is looking for exactly what you have to offer. Not everybody. Somebody is, you know, so once and that's another nice thing that makes you feel feel good too. somebody out there is looking for exactly what you have to offer.
0: I truly believe that as well. And it's okay yeah. to not be for everyone, which was like the hardest thing I had to swallow. Cause I was so obsessed with trying to please everybody on like yes. as many platforms as possible. But once I was like, wait a minute, I am not yeah. for everybody. And it's nope. okay to have your own niche and be, yes. you know, really specific about your passion, which I yeah. think is what you have done. You have a very specific passion yeah, and it's beautiful.
2: Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. You said that. You said that perfectly. Yeah. Oh, if I may. So with music, you know, with music, I feel like not everybody is going to like your stuff. You know, not everybody is going to feel my next song. They might like Riot because it's more political. It's like it's strong. It's angry. It's it's against the system. And now I feel like I want to do something fun. I want to talk shit a little bit. I want to, you know, and that's okay. It's just like, that's, that's my art. That's what I want to do right now. And I wouldn't be true to myself if I was like, well, I don't know if the, maybe the elders aren't going to like the word that, that I use this word, you know, and then I'm like, over, I get back into overthinking and then I'm just not putting out what I want to do. So it's really, it's really important that you just do what you want to do to make that makes you happy. Really important. Otherwise you're going to be stuck in this crazy place
0: of of wanting to people, please, which I get into as well. I wish I could understand that when I was like 20 years old, but it, I t- know, it took me I know, till like me 34 and I was like, ding. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. exactly.
1: <laughs> well, come out with another sassy song because I love throwing on wanted and throwing my shades on. And then be like, I could put the boy in front of a friend if I wanted.
2: Oh, girl, uh, (laughs) next Friday, I'm dropping a new one. I'm the one it's called. How much does an agent cost these days? An agent doesn't cost anything. If an agent wants to charge you, they're not legit. No, an agent works for you. So what happens is once you've been to acting class and once you feel confident to start putting a demo reel together, which is a, you know, a plethora of your work to basically show them this is what I can do. So if you haven't been in any legit gigs, then create your own. Do a monologue, then do a scene with someone and put a reel together. that way you have something to show them. So you show them your demo reel. If they're interested, they'll say, okay, come in, I wanna have a meeting with you. Then they'll either sign with you or they won't. If they do sign with you, then it's their job to put you out on auditions. This character, she could play this character. They'll send you, besides the, the, the script, the little piece of the script, you do it. And then you, they send it in for you. Like that's what an agent does. Once you book the job, they do your negotiations. They do all of that. Then they get paid. Mm-hmm. They get paid. Once you get paid, they get 10% of your money, but that's because they are looking on the breakdowns, trying to find what, what, you know, what auditions would work for you. They manage your that's- career
1: basically. That's super cool to hear be- that they're free because I thought that would be something that you have to charge for. And I'm like, wow, how does a struggling up-and-coming actor afford an agent that like puts them out there? And then the same thing with being a speaker. I um, was told by Michael White, one of my Roddenberry fellows, he founded um, Occupy Wall Street. He advised me that I should never negotiate my own speaking engagements. No. Yeah. And so well, creative phantom agent, even if I had to.
2: That's an interesting one, because sometimes you'll get asked to speak at a university or a school and you have a fee and you're worth that fee. You ask them what their budget is, obviously, if they're like a grassroots or if they're, you know, a small school or, or if they're, you know, huge, you, you kind of feel it out. And I think I think that's the way to go with speaking, you know, if it's if it's if it's a grant you know, and you're going to get 5k or if you're going to get 200 bucks, like, is it a good cause? Is is it, you know, for the love? Like what's the deal? But yeah, wow. an agent, you do not pay until you get paid. But the, the hard part about an agent is is getting one when you don't have a resume. That's the, that's the hard part. Mm. They want to see that you can act. And if you don't have a demo reel, how are, how are they going to see? So a lot of times they'll ask you to do a monologue in their office or you know, something like that. But the, I, I would highly suggest putting together a demo reel of different types of work, like this character, then a comedy, then a drama, a monologue, three or four different things that showcase your
1: talent. Wow. You're making me super excited for the next life spot because I'm like workshop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going work, oh, to yeah. workshop that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, because if we can oh, wow. get a girl out of it's high something school. I know very right? well.
2: So I could totally do that
1: right and then the yeah. then the girls won't even be 16 or 18 and they'll have a little demo that we did with them at camp and they can build yep. off of that. I'm a big fan of hitting your resume like super hard and early and then kind of coasting <laughs> yeah building your resume hitting yeah. everything that you need to like round out your experience and oh and, yes um, all of that so from the age of nine I started community cleanups at the stream behind my house um well just the kids, my little brother's friends <laughs> made them clean up for fry bread um, and then joined other larger community events. And I just kept building and I put everything on my resume. I put the stream cleanup. I put the organizing group. I put all the other activities. Oh, I all see. Yeah. people I'm involved with and those little things build your resume and help get you established so that you don't seem like a person coming out of nowhere. Yeah.
2: And, and being specific, like, I'm like, okay, on my, let's say Instagram, somebody told me if you're doing music, just post about music, If you're doing acting, just post about acting. And I'm like, but that's not, but that's not what I, I do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So then I'm not being like true. I do a lot of different things. So, you know, on your resume, if you do a lot of different things, cool. And then if you have a website, then you can be specific, right? This is my environmental stuff. This is what
1: I speak. This, this, click on whatever you want to see kind of thing, right? Amazing. I just love we could keep talking these anti-talks yeah. <laughs> forever. And I hope the g- girls are listening. Um, so that if they have any questions or need like navigation, these two women are both, I think all of us have pretty unconventional careers that are highly creative, highly passionate, and we kind yes. of just made our own way in them. And we don't have bosses either. <laughs> We nope. don't clock in nope. uh, and we're, we're all of the money that's in our bank accounts is money that we worked hard for. So, yeah, and we look damn good. Let me insert hair flip there. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. thank you for being on our
0: show. I really appreciate your time. I really do. Oh,
2: thanks. Yes. Thank you for having me, Melissa and Sutha. You, you, you two are amazing and I love you both very much. And anytime, anytime you want to chat, thanks for the love.
0: Bye.